Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're going to be talking in a moment uh, more about this coronavirus and a fascinating reaction uh, by a Utah company, KSL Television's Matt Rascone last night had a great piece on that. I want to walk through some of the things he discovered uh, from this Utah company. I'll give you a little tease. They sent their employees home. They gave them a fistful of cash and said, use this to buy some supplies. Uh, to more on that in a moment. But first, a conversation here with uh, KSL's Kira Hoffelmeyer. She has been following a story that started at the Leonardo. Uh, that's the facility here uh, in Salt Lake City. It puts on uh, displays from time to time. Right now, I think it's uh, uh, an exhibit on Pompeii. I think that's uh, years ago where I saw the bodies exhibit where they uh, chopped up people and we got to see their part. It's kind of funny. I haven't. Is that still touring? Is the bodies exhibit uh, still touring? I don't know. We'll look into that. (laughs) Uh, But something happened this morning on the lawn of the Leonardo. Uh, Kira, tell us what happened. So according, so we spoke to both um, Salt Lake City Mayor Mendenhall and the Leonardo. And Salt Lake City Mayor Mendenhall says that she was driving on 5th South, which is right where the museum is. And she um, saw the sprinklers coming on. And just basically started calling her staff to figure out what was there because there were homeless people that live are living on the park strip out there. Um, and so she started calling around trying to figure out what was going on. The Leonardo says that they were conducting a, a standard test of their sprinkler system. Um, and so that has sort of turned into this, like, why are you conducting a sprinkler system check in February? Um, is this actually a test? So the city is trying to work out whether or not it's an actual test. Leonardo stands by it, says it was a test that was done for um, approximately 20 minutes with 30 minutes warning to those folks that were on the park strip. The Leonardo and the city, they have had a, a, a frictional relationship in the past. There's some uh, uh, debate right now about their lease agreement and who's responsible for what type of maintenance within and without the building. Uh, and this uh, can't be helping things. Is there any sense, are tests like this, are, are sprinkler tests common in the middle of February? If I check my uh, little watch, well, the temperature's pretty high today, actually, 56 degrees. Maybe that. What's the story? How typical is this? So I would say that the collective sort of reaction would probably be like you're testing your sprinklers in February. Um, It's sort of surprising. And that is what the city is saying. Like, it's February. It's cold. Like, no one tests their sprinkler systems now. Leonardo maintains that it's been warm out and it's been a cold winter. And they have they say that they need to check for errors because they don't want people to do the work in the heat of the summer to fix those if, you know, something's leaking. But then you do, and I, I did ask the which we got that answer from the Leonardo by. I said, look, hey, it's it's February, like, yeah. and you're testing your sprinkler system. What's up with that? And they said, well, it's just it's warm weather today, and it seemed like a good time to do it. Um, you know, this morning between eight thirty and nine thirty. Fascinating. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that with us, and we'll keep on it. I'm sure if anything else comes, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the mayor's office does. Uh, new new. 
newly uh, elected Mayor Mendenhall uh, and how this uh, event will play out in the whole relationship between the city uh, and the facility. It's a fascinating thing. Uh, you know, I'm sorry for those homeless folks who were inconvenienced by the, the sprinklers coming on early this morning. Uh, but anyway, that's the story. And to clarify, none sure. of those people got wet. So the Leonardo oh. says none of those people oh. got wet. Um, we haven't heard from any of those people that possibly were, but the Leonardo is maintaining that none of those folks got wet. Okay. All right. Uh, I didn't realize that. Fascinating. Uh, well, so, yeah, <laughs> maybe this is a nothing burger. Uh, is that how, what the cool kids call these kind of stories? Nothing burgers? <laughs> All right. Well, it tastes good nonetheless. Uh, so let's move on now to the, the coronavirus. If this whole story with the Leonardo sprinklers, if it becomes anything, we'll, of course, uh, keep you up to speed here. Uh, and you'll, you can rely on what we find out. So coronavirus. Here in the state of Utah, we've seen uh, it, it has touched the state. You know, I have been in close contact with the Herrings uh, for a, a long time. They have now both tested negative sufficiently to come home for the most part. The, uh, Melanie out there at Travis Airport Air Force Base needs to wait until Monday, uh, and that will be the, the, the culmination of her 14-day quarantine required by the CDC as she comes back here to the United States. Uncertain quite yet what will be the case for John Herring when he comes back, but he has tested negative, and he has... Uh, been released from quarantine in Japan. Uh, looking forward to to their uh, great reunion. But what are people here in the state of Utah doing? I know my wife yesterday tried to get uh, some face masks and uh, we're stocking up on the hand sanitizer and we're probably redoubling uh, our efforts as far as how uh, you know disciplined we are about the, the hand sanitizers. Uh, but there's a Utah company, and I came to know about this from a story presented by Matt Rascone on KSL Television just yesterday. The headline of his story reads, Utah Business Gives Each Employee $250 for Coronavirus Protection. It's easy to look at the clear sky. If it does impact the Utah area. And forget about. If this does impact onset. The rain in the forecast. We're ready to go. Let's go over a couple things that we laid out. But at Onset Financial in Draper. But it's business as usual, right? The focus business is not only on today, but the forecasted coronavirus outbreak. We have an obligation as an organization to prepare. Yesterday, we heard from health officials at the state uh, level, as well as uh, the Hospital Association president and CEO, Greg Bell. He joined us on this program talking about some of the measures being taken across the state, uh, you know, at the official level by the state and also in the hospitals uh, as they get ready. But uh, what is fascinating in this story by Matt Rascone is that uh, companies themselves, uh, this one, Onset Financial, uh, is taking uh, interesting action to uh, aid their employees. Risk for disease for people living in Utah still is low. Today, state health officials laid out their plan to prepare for the virus. There is potential for significant disruption to our daily lives in the near future. And it's that possible disruption that ultimately led CEO Justin Nielsen to tell his employees this. When you leave today, you're going to get an envelope that has $250 in cash. Like it didn't cause me to go into like a panic or anything, but just... Hearing him talk about it made me take it a little more seriously. Today, employees took that money and headed out of the office early over to the grocery stores with a list to buy things like hand sanitizer and food. Now, I need to strike a a delicate balance here. 
I don't want you to listen to this program and think that my attitude or the attitude of this station is that uh, it is all hands on deck. It is an absolute catastrophe, a disaster, uh, an epidemic that is going to wipe us all out. We need to do every single thing we can to uh, you know, prevent the apocalypse. That's not the situation in which we find ourselves right now. This is not a situation that calls for panic, but it is one that calls for prudence. You can write that down. That's a pretty good line. No panic, but rather prudence. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. So it is It is crucial that we are aware of our surroundings. It's crucial, I believe, that we take note of our supplies at home. You heard just the other day, Congressman Chris Stewart, as we were speaking about some other uh, issue, he said, uh, if I could, in parting, before I go, Lee, let me say one more thing, and it's this, that this current situation which we are facing, the coronavirus uh, as it spreads around the world, uh, it is a good time to take a step back and look at, say, our food storage supplies or uh, the other uh, assets we have in our home and ask ourselves if we would be uh, ready to weather any kind of storm that might face us. Not specifically in preparation for this, uh, but just as a good rule of thumb. Again, prudence, uh, not panic. And that attitude was echoed by the folks at Onset Financial here in the story presented by Matt Rascone. The last thing we want is for the panic to hit. And while our employees are helping us grow our business, the shelves at the grocery stores are empty. But Onset's list and empty chairs are only part of the preparation. We have laptops ready to go. We have the the server ready to go if employees need to work from home. If any worker is exposed to the virus, Onset says they won't have to use sick leave to stay home. We know it's coming, so let's get ready. Because no matter what it looks like now, if it doesn't hit us, great. Health officials are encouraging people to be prepared for whatever might be in the forecast. We are definitely going to be proactive. Prudence, not panic. That's my final word on that. Next up, we're speaking to Boyd Matheson from Inside Sources. He is going to break down some new polling results. We now know uh, who Utah Democrats would prefer to see at the top of the ticket, receiving the nomination from their party. Uh, And those polling results coming up next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.